Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, everyone. My name is Vadim Koshkin. I'm a genitourinary medical oncologist and assistant professor at the University of California, San Francisco. This is episode three. Where do antibody drug conjugates fit in the current urethelial cancer treatment paradigm? This is a treatment landscape in metastatic urethelial carcinoma prior to 2019, so only a few years ago. At that time, the only options available were really platinum-based chemotherapy and non-immune checkpoint inhibitors, which were recently approved at that time. This is the space in which the initial infortimavidotin trials were conducted. EV201 was a single-arm pivotal phase 2 trial of infortimavidotin monotherapy. Patients were enrolled in two separate and non-sequential cohorts. There's cohort 1 of patients who had previously progressed on a platinum-based chemotherapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor. That cohort finished enrollment first. Then there was cohort 2 of patients who were cisplatin ineligible, who had not received prior platinum-based chemotherapy, but had progressed on a prior immune checkpoint inhibitor. In either case, in either cohort, I should say, patients were treated with infortimavidotin on days 1, 8, and 15 of a 28-day cycle. The primary endpoint was confirmed objective response rate by central review. Cohort 1, which I mentioned, read out first. The confirmed objective response rate in these patients with prior exposure to platinum-based therapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor was 44%, including 12% complete responses. Median progression-free survival was by 5.8 months. Median overall survival was almost 12 months. The response rate was considerably higher than the historical baseline to second-line chemotherapy, which was at around 10%, as opposed to 44% in this study. And this led to the accelerated approval of infortimavidotin in the post-platinum-based chemo and post-immunotherapy space. And this occurred late in 2019. Cohort 2, shown on the right side of the slide, read out a bit later. These were, again, patients who were not exposed to prior platinum-based therapy and progressed only on a prior immune checkpoint inhibitor. Here, the response rate was 52%, just a little bit higher than in cohort 1, including 20% complete response rates. Median progression-free survival was around 6 months. Median overall survival was 14.7 months. This led to the expansion of Infortimab's label to include progression only on one prior line of therapy. EV301 was an open-label phase 3 trial that was a confirmatory trial for EV201 cohort 1. These were patients with metastatic urethelial carcinoma who had previously progressed on platinum-based chemotherapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor, but this was a randomized trial. They randomized these patients to be treated with infortimavidotin or a pre-selected chemotherapy regimen, which included either docetaxel, paclitaxel, or in Europe, vinflunine. The primary endpoint in this study was overall survival. In EV301, the investigator assessed Overall response rate was 41% in the infortimab cohort as opposed to 18% with chemotherapy. The chemotherapy cohort arguably outperformed expectations a bit since historically expected response rates to chemotherapy in this setting were about 10%. But despite that, the responses were still much higher, more than twice as high with infortimab. There was additionally advantage in median progression-free survival of infortimab relative to 
second line chemotherapy, which was statistically significant. And of course, for the primary endpoint in the trial of median overall survival, there was significant advantage of infortimab at 12.9 months, as opposed to chemotherapy at around nine months. This led to the full approval of infortimabidotin in patients post-platinum-based chemotherapy and immune checkpoint inhibitor after initially the drug again received accelerated approval based on the phase two trial data. For sesotuzumab govotekin, the approval of this antibody drug conjugate was based on the data from the Trophy U01 study, whose design is shown here. This was a multi-cohort study, but we will focus only on cohort one, including about 100 patients. These were patients with metastatic urothelial carcinoma who progressed on prior platinum-based chemotherapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor. These patients received sesotuzumab on days one and day eight of a 21-day cycle. The primary endpoint was objective response rate by investigator review. Here were the results of this primary endpoint. The objective response rate in cohort one was 27%. Most patients did have significant reduction in tumor size, as shown on the right-hand side of the slide. Median progression-free survival and overall survival in cohort one were 5.4 months and 10.9 months, respectively. These numbers are pretty comparable to the infortimab numbers listed earlier, arguably though the objective response rate was a bit lower than the low 40s that we see with infortimab fidot. For sesotuzumab govotekin, there's also a phase three confirmatory trial known as TROPICS-04. This trial randomizes patients with metastatic urothelial cancer prior progression on a platinum-based therapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor to receive either sestuzumab govotekin or, again, physician's choice of chemotherapy with either docetaxel, paclitaxel, or linfluenine in Europe. This trial is accruing right now, and the results are expected soon. This slide compares the clinical trial data of infortimavidotin and sestuzumab govotekin from the largest trials of these agents we have to date. For infortimavidotin, there was the results of a large randomized phase three study, which included over 300 patients treated with infortimab. For sesotuzumab, again, the approval was based on the non-randomized phase two study, specifically cohort one of a trophy U01 study, which included 113 patients. In both cases, these were patients who are post-platinum and an immune checkpoint inhibitor. Medium follow-up was significantly longer within Fortimab in that trial. That was recently updated at around 24 months. With Sustuzumab, the currently published data is with a median follow-up of only about nine months from that study. The response rates, which I alluded to earlier, were a bit higher within Fortimab at 41% versus 27%. Median progression-free survival and median overall survival that is available thus far was, was overall pretty comparable, I would say, across the two antibody drug conjugates, arguably a bit shorter with sesotuzumab in terms of median overall survival. Common toxicities, which we did not discuss earlier, but are very important to discuss actually, are also quite different between the two drugs. Within Fortimab, the most common toxicities we look out for are skin toxicities, especially early on, and neuropathy as a late toxicity. With sesotuzumab, these are quite different. The most common side effects they experience are loose stools, or cytopenias. And this difference in the common toxicities really affects potentially which patients these drugs can be offered to. So this brings us to the current treatment landscape in metastatic urothelial carcinoma using antibody drug conjugates. 
Beyond platinum-based chemotherapy and immune checkpoint inhibitors, there are now at least two antibody drug conjugates available as standard of care in metastatic urethia carcinoma. This includes sustituzumab govitekin, which is available after prior progression on platinum-based chemo and an immune checkpoint inhibitor, and infortimab vedotin, which is available as an option after progression on only one line of therapy, so after prior immune checkpoint inhibitor or even after prior platinum-based chemo. But also, of course, is available for treatment in patients who previously progressed on both chemotherapy and an immune checkpoint inhibitor. There are a lot of ongoing questions with these recently approved drugs and, of course, future directions to pursue. One is, of course, how to appropriately sequence treatments when these multiple drugs are available. Typically, nowadays, we use infortimab before using sustituzumab, as there's just more data for infortimab use. But potentially for a subset of patients, sustituzumab should be used first. Potentially, this can be driven by the comorbidity and, and the toxicity profile of the patients and drugs, respectively. But really, we need retrospective studies and real-world data to help provide some of these answers. We also need more and better biomarkers predicting response to these treatments, and there's work being done on this right now. Finally, these antibody drug conjugates are increasingly moving into earlier treatment spaces, frontline treatment space, as will be discussed in some of the later episodes, and also even as perioperative and neoadjuvant therapies. This concludes the episode. Thank you so much for your attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.